episode 259 of Crack the Customer Code, and we're going to dance like everyone's watching. Predictive analytics sound pretty amazing. Data and machines can tell you how a customer will behave when the risk is higher for them to leave you or when they're more likely to upgrade or buy more. Lots of talk about this subject over the last few years, and it's only heating up. And there is some amazing technology behind it. But what about other ways to predict customer behavior? Well, if you don't have a robust platform, it can be kind of challenging. But Adam and I are here. We have a few ideas on how to see the future. Ta-da! <laughs> Nostra- I know, we need a little music or something. <laughs> Ooh! Oh, audio issues. So apparently our computer isn't working as well as our predictive analytics are. But what's cool about predictive analytics is the how accurate they can be. It's, it's really fascinating. You truly can get insights. But, you know, there are so many organizations out there that just don't have that capability yet, that don't have the budget and the resources and the IBM Watson you know, behind them, telling them what their customers are going to think tomorrow. So what are some old school methods, Jeannie? Let's talk about, you know, what the yogurt shop or the restaurant or the, Mm -hmm. you know, custom clothier on the corner can do to predict their customer behavior. Well, and I would take that even a step further and say, these tips are things that B2B could certainly use if they're serving you know, a business market, but don't necessarily have one of these huge systems or don't need a huge system. Uh, This can be helpful for basically anybody who's trying to figure out, okay, what are customers going to do tomorrow? So Adam, take it away. What can we do? All righty then. The first one is you have some data, use it. (laughs) And... (laughs) And what that means is you can find behaviors in your customer data without a fancy computer or predictive analytics. For instance, coming from a membership model, if you own a gym, you would find that usage would equal retention and Mm -hmm. that when you saw people drop below a certain amount of usage, they're going to be likely to defect from your brand and not renew their membership. That's a simple way you can look at customer behavior and start to predict it. When you see usage drop off, you want to anticipate that. You want to get in front of that because you know it's going to drop. Also, you may see seasonal patterns, things that happen seasonally, and you're going to want to adjust for that and also to try to either ameliorate it or maximize the benefit of it, whichever way it towards tends to trend for you. I mean, you can look at all kinds of things, Jeannie, and the data is there or data. We had that discussion. Where do we land on data versus <laughs> data? It's been a while. I think we just, you know, alternate uh, in each sentence. That's that's kind of my motto. I pretty much <laughs> use both. I got to tell you. Yeah, you do. But I, I think I say data more than data. But I, I, I don't know. Maybe our listeners can tell us. <laughs> this is some good radio, Jeannie. We I'm can, we can predict the future of how we will pronounce that word. Yes, we can. <laughs> Well, I think your point about seasonal is really important, too. And there are also certain events that you can look at and predict like, oh, we're going to need some more help. And I'll give you an example. When the Cubs won the World Series, which was, you know, an amazing day in history, as everybody knows. Right, Adam? Of course. (laughs) So everybody in the world all of a sudden, but mostly everybody in Chicago and the outlying areas 
needed Cubs World Series merchandise immediately. <laughs> it was like it was like a siren song went out and we all marched to the closest store to buy our T-shirts and our hats and everything. Um, and so all of the you know retailers around us, they were they had piles and piles of it because they knew that the demand was going to be so strong. That's predicting behavior in a simple way, but it makes sense. So you can really get to that, you know, with certain events around you or the seasonal types of cycles that you mentioned. Yeah, but that one was tricky because it's been so long since Chicago actually won. They Watch had it. no idea how to Watch predict it. the demand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they knew the demand. They knew the demand because they didn't, they didn't know the numbers. They guessed. We we had <laughs> yes, we have had, you know, sellout seasons for many years without championships because there are no better fans in the world than Chicago Cubs fans. But They're probably guessing based on the Bulls. <laughs> no, no, come on, stop it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, anywho, um, but I'm a Bulls fan too, just to be clear. Uh, so, another tip for looking into the future, this seems so kind of crazy, but really look for what people are trying to tell you in comments or feedback that aren't necessarily on the line. They're kind of in between the lines because how a suggestion or question is framed can tell you a lot about what someone is considering. For example, somebody might, you brought up the gym membership thing. Somebody might ask the question, what happens if I need to freeze my account? So they're thinking of taking a step away. That's telling you something about their behavior. What if they say something about, do you offer rewards for those of us who are here every day to a local coffee shop or something? They're basically saying to you, I'm missing out on rewards from other places that are starting to look appealing. So if you don't start offering that, I might start drifting away. Or even things like, what do you think about the flashy new product over at the competitor? And they might be asking that because they're starting to think about that. And we've used this example a lot, I admit, but it's such a good example. Borders, for a long time, the bookstore said, well, our customers don't use e- e-readers. That's We're not going to do that. And customers started asking repeatedly, and they kept ignoring it and putting out these communications about, well, that's not who we are. We want you to come to the store. And by the time they realized that their customers were leaving them because that's what they were seeking. It was too late for them. And even this is a really kind of silly one, but somebody who was telling me about how they loved this restaurant that they used to go to, but it bugged them that the packaging, there was no place to recycle or anything. And she said, it would be so easy. Just put up a recycle thing. And she kept asking, don't you recycle here? And she was basically saying, this is a value that you should be reflecting because it aligned with kind of their overall brand. And yet it was really irritating that they didn't recycle. And it was just chipping away at her loyalty. And if you listen for these cues, if you listen for how things are framed or what they're really trying to tell you, you can start predicting, okay, what happens if we put a recycle thing in and say, thanks to customer feedback, we're here? Well, People love to feel heard. So that alone could increase loyalty in a really simple way. But you have to really listen. You have to read between the lines of those surveys and the feedback cards and everything that you get in order to really be listening for what they're going to do in the future. Correct. And I'm going to add a third tip in here, Jeannie. Go for it. 
Okay, because we talked about listening, and you can also ask people, um, you know, what they are looking for. Don't just listen passively. You can ask questions about what they want in the future. But one of the things I'm going to say is my third tip is to observe trends outside of your company. Mm-hmm. Okay, look for trends that other companies are doing, other industries are doing, to see what changes in behavior your customers may start exhibiting what their expectations may shift to for the future. And as a result, what their behavior may be in the future. And, you know, you sort of mentioned borders there. And by the way, we should uh, make sure to link to that. We had a great talk about borders uh, early on in the podcast. We'll try to link to that in the show notes. Uh, But talk about borders. So one of the things I would say, if you take that example a little further, was not seeing the buying behavior of Amazon. Right. The buying behavior that was being exhibited by a competitor. And the trend line just around general online shopping and buying back, you know, 10 plus years ago. Mm -hmm. I mean, now it's different. Now it's now it's the default. But back then, you know, it was a pattern. It was a pattern. It was a changing behavior that affected them very negatively. Uh, And it could have been observed and it possibly could have been adapted to. It's easier said than done. And I get that. But big picture, if you can look around, if you can look at different uh, organizations, different macro trends in the environment and the economy, all of these things can be cues to your customer's potential future behavior. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a very good one. And I think that it's really about understanding that customers will change, their behavior will change, the relationship that they have with your brand, it's going to evolve. And if you're not looking for what is changing around them in their world and what's changing around you in the entire world, then you're going to miss out on this behavior that you could have predicted. Uh, And you're going to be stuck like so many brands that we've talked about who just think, well, they, it's always, they've always been happy. What's going to change that? Well, Amazon's going to change that. Uber's going to change that. All sorts of things are going to change that if you're not looking around. So that's a great one. All so, right. Well, Jeannie, so to paraphrase the old commercial, what's in your crystal ball? <laughs> well, I hope the future is bright for you and your customers, of course. And we hope that you keep listening to Crack the Customer Code because we so appreciate you being here. We are a proud member of the C-Suite Radio family. So don't forget, if you like C-Suite Radio, check out C-Suite TV, in-depth interviews with business content. And it's all on demand. So get your insider secrets by going to csuitetv.com. I'm Jeannie Walters, and you can find lots of customer experience resources like blogs, webinars, and more at 360connects.com. And I'm Adam Kapork, and you can find out more about me and my customer service workshops and customer experience keynotes at customersatstick.com. Until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.